Hi everyone, it's Dr. Denise. This is the Dr. Denise Show Creative Mind Series. And I am such a proponent of happiness and creativity fueling the soul. And it's something I'm going to get even more excited about as we go from 2022 into 2023. And I couldn't be more than happy and honored to have Emily at best here today, who is a multifaceted songwriter, musician, producer, engineer, and visual artist hailing from Los Angeles. Emily, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my goodness. I'm so happy too. And you know, you and I, we've already experienced some tenacity of the, the spirit of the show must go on. We did a lovely recording about 10 days ago. We had some technical difficulties, but you and I said that's just somehow the way it goes sometimes. Yep. Yep. The show must go on. So <laughs> <laughs> here we are. So it would be really wonderful. You, if you could just tell everyone a little bit about you and you as an artist, as, and we'll, we'll kind of organically talk about the evolution to get here now, but there's a lot of exciting stuff going on in your world right now. Yes. Yeah. So I, um, I just recently put out my first single, um, it's on all platforms. It's called most days. Um, but I've written music since I was 11. Um, it's always been my favorite thing to do. Um, and yeah, I just, I recently chose my artist name and have kind of been coming uh, more into my element regarding uh, my artistry um, and everything. I chose Emily at best as my name because I believe at our best and our worst, we're always ourselves and we're always a work in progress. I am not claiming to be at my best, um, but I'm always working towards getting there. Um, so yeah, I, I love that. And a big part of everything I'm doing is to really interview souls like yourself in where do, where's the overlap and happiness, mental wellness. And I'd love for you to comment on how your creative endeavors that you transmit, like how it relates to your mental health, your wellness, and how you want to inspire others. Yes. I mean, for me, writing music is the way that I, process my emotions and what's happening in my life and the world around me. Um, sometimes it can feel a little convoluted. Um, and for me, I when I'm writing music, I kind of, I'm in this other place. I, I feel like I'm a, in a different realm where things make a little more sense. And I don't even, when I'm writing, I don't really try to think about something specific or try to say something specific it just the words flow out and then when I when I look back at them um, either on a piece of paper or just listen to my music it it really helps me process what I'm feeling in a very organic way um, and it's very healing for me too um, and so I, I just yeah. listened to that description and when people are trying to look at their own sensory perception and I, you know, I think you know me 
off show talking about embracing our neuro style that we all process and perceive things in our own unique way. And it's multidimensional. And when I just listened to your words and you mentioned that it's sort of, you're in another space, another dimension when you just, it just drops into your awareness. And the way you just describe that's beautiful because that is intuition and it comes in all different flavors. Yeah. And yeah, and it's always felt that way. I mean, when I was, when I was like 12, I would be writing music about, you know, it, it felt theoretical at the time, which I guess it was. I mean, I hadn't been in love with someone, but um, I had written like when I was 12 and 13, written a couple of songs about being in love and being in a relationship or even just about things that hadn't actually happened to me. And then, you know, years later, I went back and listened to those songs and I had actually, by that point, lived those experiences in some way. And so it was almost like my younger self was writing this music for my future self. Um, and I, it, it actually ended up teaching me in a lot of ways. It was like, well, it was what I needed to hear at the time. It was a lesson that I, that I had kind of forgotten about that I had theoretically um, already spoken about. Um, I want to just pause like the inner nerd in me, universe geek, um, words that come to mind are time is timeless. And my understanding of the universe, we're here in this moment of now, but time is sort of relevant and man-made. And it sounds like you're having premonition, intuitive drops. And it's really neat because the only way we know that, that that happens is through validation and sort of scientific method. So it sounds like it's happened to you more than once. Yes, yes. I would say, I mean, I think now I have more of the ability to write um, about things that are happening in the present. I also, um, yeah, like there's a song that I wrote called Reason for Pulse um, that I, it was, the message is, um, it's about fi- the lyric is that uh, if I held myself close, I might find my reason for pulse. Um, kind of like in order to like everybody, ha- there's a-, a reason that you know we're here and that there's blood pumping through our veins. Um, that we have a purpose, and in order to really hone into that and help people with that purpose and, and what we're meant to do in this life, we have to we have to love ourselves first and we have to hold ourselves close. Um, but that was a song that I wrote. I wasn't in the best headspace, but I wrote it because I, I needed to hear it. And, um, you know, it, sometimes it feels a bit vain to listen to my own music. But um, for me, that song I would listen to is like a sort of mantra to help me to help me get out of those um, lower energy headspaces um, and really help elevate myself Um to yeah, a better headspace, and it also just my process of um, learning to love myself in the way that that I should, and the way that everyone should. That's beautiful. Do you have any song lyrics from your younger self's love songs that you had that come to mind? Um, if not, we can get them, and you can we can share them. I have. There was one that's like. It was like, you don't want me to understand, but that's okay. You can be the mystery man. Um, you don't want me to dive too deep. 
Um, that's okay because I don't need to sleep. Um, your mood makes you sink down to this negativity. Um, but that one isn't, and it's not supposed to be like a diss song, really. It's kind of just about understanding that when somebody is in um, going through something or in a, a kind of feeling down on themselves, that it can be hard for them to act um, with reverence towards you or towards their partner. And, and being able to understand that kind of allows you to have more compassion for them. I love the eloquence of the last two things you've shared. Some of the fundamentals of mental wellness I always talk about is awareness, self-love, and altruism. And when I'm hearing the way that you've channeled music as a young, younger version, you're very young now, but your younger 11-year-old self was like giving shout outs and healing epochs to your older self, but also these are universal truths that we all go through as human beings and as souls. And I understand what you were saying, like that, um, the mantra that the music you were channeling was healing. And then I'm wondering when you listen to your lyrics at any point in time now and in the past, and as you keep growing in your own um, creative arts, do you find when you're actually, this is more of a music technical question. So beyond the lyrics, do you find that you like to play with different notes that represent different feeling states that could give the different songs you've done different meanings just based on that vibration? Um, yeah. I mean, for me, like, I don't, I rarely, um, like, when I first start writing a song, I rarely am thinking about the exact notes that I'm playing. I kind of just put my hands on the piano or guitar and, and start playing. And then, you know, my academic self, once I kind of get a feeling of what I want to do, then I, um, then I kind of know, you know, which, which chords would work, um, and make sense. But yeah, for me, I think that I do like, I, I think that when my feelings are, um, feel like more confusing or, um, complicated complex I tend to play more chords and so it's actually something that I have to work to not do is like keep it a little more simple um and it's interesting because the two of my songs that I really like that I have written with my friend Mahima um they are both two chords the whole song and I love both of those songs but I if I was writing it by myself I I would have put so many more chords in there um but it's I mean it doesn't mean that they're simple songs necessarily like message wise and uh melodically but yeah I tend to I think that me feeling um all of these complex emotions makes me want to play all these different chords and make the song kind of a little confusing um like harmonically um so i actually have to work to not do that sometimes um so, what I'm, out so what I'm getting is a less is more but also yeah. embracing the complexity of your own unique neuro style like still enjoying the process of just letting the intuition and the free flow happen and then looking at it looking at it you know you know you're more academic or finishing or finishing music um so i love that you just described that can we go back 
and take take us on the journey of your 11-year-old self to where you're at now at the Berkeley School of Music. And I know that we were fortunate to record another show, but this is the new show. The re- <laughs> this is our new, and we, we covered it in that one, but that one hasn't released. And I feel like it's such a beautiful story of your 11-year-old self and the, the journey to where you are now. Yes, yeah. Um, I started my, my parents always encouraged music. They both, um, have always loved music. Um, although they are not musicians themselves. Um, so I, my brother actually started playing music before I did. He started on the piano when he was like, like six, he was very young. Cause I was like eight and I started playing guitar first. I had like guitar lessons. Um, and then I moved to piano And yeah, and I I started writing music. I probably started like towards the end of my 10th year of life. Um, But it was really when I was 11, which happened to be the most, um, I very, it was a really intense time in my life. I, um, I was going through a lot with my family. Um, It was about four or five months before my dad passed away and he he passed away in a in a car accident um and leading up to that um towards the end of his life he was an alcoholic and i that was really hard for me as an 11 year old child and so i think that that really in that point in time was i was going through um the most intense part of my life that i've experienced thus far and that, um, yeah, and I, I remember writing my first song. It's called Flying High, and I wanted to sing it for my for my parents. Um, and this was definitely my way of saying what I wasn't able to just speak um, through music. And the song was about being in pain. And the lyrics were something, they were like, um, I'm flying high above the clouds, and I'm not coming down, so don't try to save me that'll never work. Don't try to bring me down to earth because my heart's already there. My head is in the game. I'm just flying higher and farther away from the pain. And they were like, oh my goodness, like, are you okay? Um, but I mean, that those was- are profound. I mean, that was your 11 year old self? Yeah. And that was the first song that I ever, <laughs> oh my goodness. That I ever wrote. Um, and I and I remember wanting to sing it to them um, because I didn't really even know I think the extent of which I you know of what I was saying, but I knew that I wanted to express something that that I needed them to hear, um, and because I was going through a lot of I was I was hurting at that point in time. It was hard to see um, what was happening to my dad. Um, it was so hard to see him change as a person and and be someone that he, you know, wasn't. Um, and yeah, and so it was really, music has always been my uh, way of healing. Um, and after he passed away, I continued to write music and it continued to be um, my biggest outlet of expression. Um, and yeah, and so I, I always, I, I continued writing music after that. I, um, in school. Emily, Emily, I know we're going to take us beyond your 11-year-old self, but I just want to be sacred about, you know, we're te- we do interviews, we tell people what's going on, but the, the reverence of, you know, your father not being here on earth 
and that loss that you, that unimaginable loss that you had at that age and that your mom and your brother, and you know, that lives with us forever. So I just want to elevate, uh, sending you love always and your father not being here on the earth plane. Well, thank you. And I think that he, you know, I, I feel him when I, when I write music too, because I, I feel like I, I go, you know, somewhere else when I'm, when I'm writing and when I'm playing. Um, and I don't know if you've ever seen the movie soul. It's a really cute movie. Um, but it's interesting. Like the, the man, um, in the movie, he, he dies and he goes to the, this other place, um, whether it's the afterlife or, you know, what, what do you want to call it? Um, and he, when he's there, someone's like showing him around the afterlife and he looks up and there's these people in, in these bubbles, these orbs floating all around and they're people who are alive. Um, but like one of the little souls explains that when we're doing what we're meant to do, you know, when we're doing what we love and we're mm-hmm. in that space that just feels like, you know, it's, it's something else. Um, then we really are like in a in a different realm, and so it was really interesting. And a lot of them were it was people playing music, people playing sports, um, people writing, people being doctors, lawyers, you know. And yeah, and so it's interesting that they just dis- like they portrayed that as being in the same place as I don't know. It's like all souls end up together. Um, so that was a lot to unpack, and I'm visualizing it and I'm seeing it. And it's really interesting because as you're describing that, when you describe your songs that drop into awareness and what I feel like when people are at their happiest, what I'm hearing from this movie, The Soul, is when they're in alignment. And it's like almost like time doesn't exist. Time is timeless. And like I say, creativity fuels the soul. Now I need to, because I do feel like it's appropriate. I want to honor, you know, I do. I'm very fortunate to know you since you were a teen, maybe your early teen here in Manhattan beach and your father, if it's okay, do you want to say his name or should I say his name? I want to be respectful of you. Yeah. Ron, Ronnie. Ronnie. Hey Ronnie. Cause I believe Ronnie is a big part of how I know you. And there's so many twists and turns in my process. Um, when we'll talk about this on a show in the new year, of even why I was drawn to do work with you besides this interview is that I was in Beverly Bergman's home thinking about who would I want to do the podcast intros and who would I want to help Bev with some of her poetry, turn it into songs and lyrics and work. And Beverly, mind you, Beverly Bergman has, you know, 30 years working as, you know, a chair for the Young Musicians Foundation, her beloved Ted, who's in the other realm, you know, put the Grammys on. So Bev has a lot of access to musicians. And when we were in the living room, the day that we were thinking your name came to me in threes. So my process of creating or deciding or directing or producing is that things just drop into my awareness. And Bev and I are very energetically unseen energy connected. And before she ever even heard your voice, and knew any story about you and your family, she said yes. So yeah, and that's that's really I'm so honored <laughs> that you guys, you know, chose me for that. 
Well, you're you, but this is this is the golden thread of this discussion for anyone listening, whether you're um, a musician, a writer, a poet, a producer, a creator, a parent, that this unseen energy where we're in kind of our version of highest alignment is where all the magic happens. And if we're open to the possibility of energy, like love never dying or energy always existing, I just, I'm going to, I want you to finish going from your 11 year old self to now, but I want to the sacred pause and thank Ronnie, because I believe from the times you and I've met, and we'll talk about this another time that we've, we've, we've experienced you and I unseen energy situations (laughs) that are so magical that feel like the kiss on the cheek from the universe that Ronnie's helping guide this. And I know you're, this is your dad, this is your energy, but in the time that you and I've done these like really fun co-creations, I've, I've felt his presence and I just want to almost like thank him. I think it's really special that he's still able to be with me. Um, and in a really, in a really beautiful way, um, especially since it's through music and, I'm I'm very grateful to be able to feel his presence and um, to have had his encouragement early on in my life and encouragement from both of my parents. Uh, I would, would not be able to be where I am today without my lovely mother either. Oh, so. yeah. So deep breath. I, you know, I feel very fortunate to know you. And for those listening, I know Emily quite well. So we've had these like aha moments. And so I asked her this very linear question, but just like she and I do when we're creating, you know, we want to honor spirit. So can you keep taking us on your journey of high school here and your evolution of landing at Berkeley? Yes. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, I always continued doing music in high school. I, I actually wasn't ever um, like involved in choir or band or anything. Um, and I think part of that was because music was always, um, it felt very personal because it was such a healing process for me. So it was kind of, I kept it, I kept it to myself for a really long time. Um, but in high school, you know, I would, after I got home from school, I would sit at my piano for hours and just play and write music. Um, and I never really thought about it being a career for me um, until my senior year. And I was you know, thinking about where I was going to be applying to colleges. And it was really my mom who encouraged me to pursue music. And I would not be able to be here where I am at Berkeley College of Music without her um because I just I didn't have the confidence I didn't really I didn't think it was a a possibility I didn't think it was um yeah it was it was scary too because music isn't always the most uh lucrative (laughs) uh career to go into but um but yeah and so my senior year I that's just like, yay, mom. Way to go. Yeah. Thanks, mom. Thanks, mom. Thank you, mom. <laughs> Thanks, all the moms that believe in us, right? It's like kind yes. of cool when we think about where we get to, the people who give us little little pushes of, you got this, girl. Yes, definitely. And so I was like, okay, that's when I really – and I was like, if my mom is really encouraging me too, I mean, that's that's really all the support I need. Um and so, yeah, and, and I applied to Berkeley. I actually came out to Boston to audition because I'd never really been to the East Coast. 
Um, and as soon as I got here, I was like, wow, this is, I just feel like I need to be here. Um, and yeah, it was really, it, ever, ever since the moment that I realized that I was going to pursue music, um, it became this very exciting thing. And I really, I really did feel like that was what I needed to do. I, I had thought about, you know, pursuing environmental science or, um, I mean, I used to want to be an astronaut, which is hilarious because that's not really something that you just walk up and do. But um, do you know what's ironic about that? When I think about your songs flying high in most days and staying on the ground, I'm wondering, I almost see like a music video where you can integrate an astronaut into it somehow. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, who knows? Like, so, so I love that you were encouraged. I mean, that's pretty, a pretty unique story. If you were to take maybe 50 Berkeley students and ask, was there anyone who just kind of came on to this their senior year? I know from other people, because I work with all ages, um, that have gone to different creative arts, design schools, also Berkeley, different music schools. Usually it's something like freshman, sophomore year, you start getting your portfolio ready. So you kind of have a unique way that you um, listened to your inner guidance and fell into this music pursuit. Yeah. And I mean, I was, whether I knew it or not, I was getting, you know, some sort of portfolio together when I, you know, I was always writing music and, and playing. So you had music. the portfolio. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was just in your hidden diary place where it was your, it was your healing embodiment of song lyrics and creative play. So, yes. um, wow. Okay. So. I'm thinking that your new, this incredible senior year at Berkeley, I'm interviewing you right here in December. Tell us about the date your song launched and a little bit more about your new single, as well as other recent events that you've done. Yeah. Um, so I released my first song called Most Days, um, which I had actually written about two years ago. Um, but I, at the time, I didn't feel comfortable releasing it. I didn't really have the confidence. I wasn't in, I think, the right headspace because um, it's about um, being simultaneously being grateful just to be alive, but also um, being feeling fearful and, and anxious of the world around me, um, which I think you can feel both of those things at the same time. Um, Absolutely. And I feel yeah. like that's one of my frustrations with the linear language and why I love the creative arts and music, because we could just say one, one sound bite of a sentence. And what I think the world doesn't realize is that we have, if we're multidimensional, multi feelings. And one of the beautiful things about music is you can have the lyrics, but then there's so much that you build around it with the melody, with the chords that actually more exemplifies higher feeling states. Yes. Yeah. And so, and the other lyrics are, um, my, all I know I can say is that my feet don't always hold me to the ground more than unlikely. They let me fly, but I don't want wings if they're shaky. They lift me high, but most days I'm afraid of heights. And so I'm talking about, you know, wanting to fly and, and having these, these wings that carry me, but, um, not necessarily feeling ready um, to, to soar or whatever, you know, you want to call it, but, um, but I'm also acknowledging that I, that 
I have the ability to do that and that I want to do that. So the song is kind of, when I first wrote it, I didn't want to release it because I felt very vulnerable. I felt like it was almost uh, negative and that, you know, I'm afraid of most days and, and that, I you know, I was portraying myself as this fearful person. But really, you know, and when I realized I wanted to release the song, it's I was just talking about, you know, what I wanted to work towards. And at this point, I, I feel like I don't feel, I feel vulnerable, you know, in what I'm saying in the song and, and my intention in releasing music to the world is to be vulnerable. But I also, um, I now see the duality that I was describing in the song. And so that's kind of when I came to terms with the, with wanting to release it and, and feeling confident in that way. Um, and I also didn't... Do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of moments that we've had um, where you want to call it like the high dive moments. Like, you know you want to do it, but you know it's scary, but you know you need to do it because you know you're going to grow. But then, you know, and I know this is even more vulnerable than the high dive moment because that's an act of jumping off something. When you're actually sharing your inner world and your mindscape and your universe, it is very personal. But I think you've almost like, I imagine you like dressed in this like warrior Viking look, taking a like a flag oh my god this would be awesome like you're on the moon and you're just like throwing down the flag and it says emily at best has arrived oh right <laughs> you're like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna fly i'm gonna do it i'm gonna be vulnerable if i'm gonna walk my own walk okay here i go and to me yeah. to make this your first song to be to this is incredibly gutsy and i want to give you accolades because you have a lot of music you've created and for this to be your first single states a lot. Yeah. And I, I think it's very appropriate. And I did, I released it on November 25th, um, which is my dad's birthday. Um, so I felt that that was a, an appropriate time to, to enter the world as Emily at best um, and release my first song and um, a good way to honor him. Um, sacred pause, chills, absolutely. Happy birthday, Ronnie. Happy eternal birthday. And where can everyone, I feel like this is such a sacred space of just that release. Before we wrap up, is there anything you want to add about what you're doing with performances and what's next? Because I feel like I want people to like go and listen to your music. I want them to listen to it now. I'm like, oh, let's put the link in. Where can we find this lady? Yes. I mean, you can, you can look me up as Emily at best on all streaming platforms on Apple music, iTunes, Spotify, uh, title music. Um, yeah. And you can go on Instagram. You can find me as Emily at best. And there's a link in my bio that uh, will take you to my music. Oh, um, great. So I can put your IG handle and I've got your bio and you can give me, I don't know if you've got a site, another link I'll put, I'll put everything in there. So everyone can find you. And this I podcast is on like, I don't even know. This is my own version of ADD. I'm like, they're like, how many platforms? Like, well, I know I'm on iHeart, Pandora, Spotify. And by <laughs> the way, everyone that's listening will be able to hit buttons and find you. So we're going to find Emily at best. Is there anything else you want to share about any upcoming performances or what you're looking at for 2023? Yeah, um, I will be, 
I don't have anything set in stone right now for, for performances. Um, the way that's kind of worked this semester, I've, I've played six shows this semester. Actually, last night was my, my seventh show, um, which is my favorite number. So that's nice that that's how many I did in 2022. Um, but yeah, they, they kind of just popped up and, and I took the opportunity. But yes, I will be performing in 2023, um, hopefully in definitely in Boston, uh, probably a bit in New York and um, probably in Los Angeles at some point. Um, but I also will be releasing new music. Um, I will be producing a couple of the songs that I'll release myself, which is exciting. Um, but yeah, so I would say definitely in February and in the spring, I will have new music out on all platforms. So. Yay! And everyone, I'm going to meet with Emily at best over the holidays, and we're going to see the ways that I can have her kind of join us more on the podcast. And we've got some cool things we're working on, but we want to kind of shush it. And we want to just elevate and celebrate this moment of now, which is you celebrating Emily at best and your first song. So um, I love you. Congratulations. And thank you for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everyone. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. And everyone, that beautiful voice that you just heard is Emily at best. She made the soul signature for me. And I thank her for that too. Thanks everyone. Love you. Thank you.